I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Good evening, all Anfield Index listeners. This is episode two of NBA Holes with myself, Joe Connors, and my co-host slash host, Mr. Dave Hendrick. How are you doing tonight, pal? Good. I'm good. Exciting times. Free agency is sort of dwindling out, and we've seen some big trades. Obviously, your team looked to have gotten a lot better this offseason. My yes. team have definitely gotten a lot better this offseason, so... Um, I'm, I'm actually I'm ready for next season to start. Um, I am too. I, I'm like big time ready for it. Um, so why don't I just take that segue right off of you and go into free agency is basically I would say almost done at this point. There's still a few dominoes to drop, but not anything huge. Why don't we start because the last time you and I recorded, um, we knew Paul George was going to get traded, uh, but we did not know where he was going to get traded. So Paul George ends up. In Oklahoma City, which is a very interesting prospect because now he is paired with one Russell Westbrook, who is a fantastic player. So, Dave, how do you feel about this trade on both sides of it for Oklahoma City and Indiana in the situation they were in? Do you think they could have got more for him? Do you think it's a good deal? Let me know what you think about that. You know, I've seen a lot of people criticize them because, oh, they could have got more, they could have got more. At the end of the day, they weren't seemingly offered anymore at the time Boston weren't willing to give up the picks um, weren't willing to give up Jalen Brown so you know they could have gotten say Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder and that's great those are two very good role players the problem is Bradley comes up as a free agent next year and is going to want big big money and Crowder has a reputation of um, getting bored in situations and now we hear talk that Boston may trade him, they've already traded Crowder to Detroit, so you know you don't know what kind of dynamic those two guys are going to bring in um, I, what they got is pretty okay, I mean Victor Oladipo is a good player, he's a good two way player um, 
he went to university in Indiana, so you know there's going to be a familiarity there. Um, I, I like Sabonis. I think he's a good player. I think he fits really well with Miles Turner, who's now the star of the show. And mm-hmm. I think it allows Leaf, who they drafted, to sort of develop behind them. And if, if Sabonis takes a good step forward in the second year, all of a sudden they could have three pretty useful big men, including one who could be a real star in the league in, in Miles Turner. So I think Indy did okay out of the deal. I mean, sure, they, they could have gotten more. And I think if they'd waited, they, they probably would have gotten more. But you know they managed to trade him out of the out of the conference as well, which is important to them because they don't want to be playing Paul George six or eight times a year. They'd rather see him twice. Um, for for OKC, I mean, it's a no brainer. You make that trade every day. And the funny thing is, they've actually they got Paul George for less than they got off Orlando for a for a Baca, for a year yeah. of Baca. Mm-hmm. versus a year of George so I mean if you look at it in that respect they win all day obviously now the clock ticks on them because Paul George is a free agent next summer Russell Westbrook is a free agent next summer and I've seen people say oh if they do really well you know they'll, surely they'll both stay together if they really enjoy playing together that's all well and good but they could go play for the Lakers together you know yeah, and that's the thing. I, I do agree with you. I think Oklahoma City, there's no other way to spin that. They they definitely won this trade. You pair those guys together, who knows what you're going to get. I mean, Russell Westbrook can be a ball hog at times. Um, he was like that with Kevin Durant. I know Kevin Durant will never come out and say it, but that is one of the reasons I think he left, that he, he probably realized he can't sure. win anything with uh, Westbrook. And he, you know, he went on to go to show people that because he won the title this year. So, but again, it, it makes I mean it makes sense for OKC because it's Oladipo is a good player like you said, but he has an awful contract. So mm. they kind of look at it like, all right, well we got Paul George. He's already said he wants to go to the Lakers. Worst comes to worst, maybe they flip him midseason yeah. and get what they can for him. And then they got Oladipo's bad contract off. And then you tell Westbrook, okay, now we have you as still as our centerpiece. If we somehow get Paul George to miraculously stay, great. But if not, now we have a lot more cap space to play with. Exactly. And that's the thing. That contract, that Oladipo contract, was a bad contract for OKC because of their cap situation, largely because of the Ennis Cantor deal. But mm-hmm. for Indiana, it's actually not a bad contract because he's their second best player now. Oh, easily. You know. Yeah. And, and if you look at it for Paul George, this is Russell Westbrook's the best player he'll have played with in his career. Stephen Adams is the second best player he'll have played with in his career. You Which know? says a lot. So, <laughs> it's a, like for Paul George, yeah, OKC is probably not where he wanted to, to go, but this is a big win for him. He's going to go there and he's going to play with one of the best centers in the league and one of the best players in the league. And all of a sudden, OKC now have two of the maybe 10 or 12 best players in the league, plus Stephen Adams. I like Roberson there. I think they've got some other good pieces. I think if they can. I think I think they can be really good. I, they added Patrick Patterson in free agency as well. Perfect stretch four. That's a good, really good pickup. I you thought know? too. So they've had a great off season. All credit to their general manager. I think I think he's redeemed himself for the mess he made of the James Harden thing. I think this is a a huge win for him. Um, and like I say, look, LA is not for everybody. And no, no, Paul it's George, not. 
doesn't to me strike me as the kind of guy who deals really well with big pressure. So OKC as as the second banana, as Robin to Westbrook's Batman, might be the best situation for him overall. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I, I, I'm shocked that he kind of just came out. I know he's an L.A. kid. I get that. But like you said, it, I think it's very underestimated. People who know American sports seem to get this. Well, although I shouldn't say that because people who follow soccer get it, too. It's it's just taking another step up, they call it, to a big club. But going from Oklahoma City to Los Angeles couldn't be any more different. And it's it's like I know it's America, but it's basically two different places in the world. They're vastly different. So for him to say he wants to go there, great. Let's see what happens. I would actually like to see them stay together because I'd like to see some competition for the Golden State Warriors. Um, the, the Spurs seem like there's – I just – I'm trying to wrap my head around how – I know that the Spurs, they're, they're an ultimate machine. LaMarcus Aldridge is, is just a dog, mm-hmm. and he's showing his true colors – and, you know, it's a shame that they they got Manu Ginobili, who I know is one of your, probably your all-time favorite player, or one of them. One of them, like, for Great, yeah, great player. But he's done. Yeah, exactly. And Tony done. Parker is done. Tony Parker's done, and I, I just like to see a team out there that can challenge the West, because the West is hard. I, You're a, I wonder, though, Joe, if, if their plan is, let's just, look, we're not going to win it this year because the Warriors are, are unbelievable. Let's just ride this year out. We're the Spurs. We're still going to win 50 games. Yeah, they will. And let's look to retool next summer when a certain Paul George becomes a free agent. And if there's one situation aside from OKC that might be perfect for him, it would be in San Antonio playing under Popovich next to Kawhi Leonard where he's not being asked to do everything and he's not going to be playing. And like the, the one obviously question mark we have over... The Westbrook George pairing is whether Westbrook is going to share the ball. Mm-hmm. If he plays with Kawhi, I would I think Kawhi is a better player than Russell Westbrook, and he's so also a much much less selfish player. He shares the ball. The Spurs' whole mentality is around sharing the ball and well, the culture of winning. And if he wants to win rings, you know that you can look around the league all you want, and other than Golden State, the only man in the league that can show you a whole bunch of rings. Well, Pat Riley, but is is Greg Popovich, you know? Yeah, and remember, he was uh, he was the one of the assistant coaches under Coach K for Team USA when Paul George played there. So they and, and he's played now for the head coach for Team USA. Yes, so they're very familiar with each other. That's actually not a bad shot. And I'd like again, I'd like to see that. I love the Spurs. Mm. I'm a Sixers fan, but if you don't like the Spurs, I I just don't understand. I think people. the Spurs should be everybody's second team all the time. You know, me too. But like, here's the thing as well. How often over the last six years do you think while Paul George in Indiana, he kind of looked around and thought, if only they hadn't made that trade and they'd gotten Kawhi Leonard in that draft and not shipped oh out for George Hill? Because what all of a sudden, you're looking at the best wing defensive combo since Jordan and Pippen. Well, and remember, they're in the East, too. Yeah. And That's there's the thing. only they're one not in guy the West. you need to beat. So they could have gone to a couple yeah. of finals, you know? They could have yeah, gone to a they, couple they, of finals. Yeah, they damn well could have. And they actually, with those two together, and that, and again, the, the other players around them would have been different. Now, mm-hmm. You can't go base it on the team they have now. That's a team that could potentially beat that LeBron Cavs team. Yeah. So, all right, the other big domino to fall here was Gordon Hayward. 
Um, Gordon Hayward was a, you've, he played for Utah, so he was drafted by Utah, um, the Utah Jazz, that is, for new listeners. Um, and he was a free agent, and he decided to pick my hated Boston Celtics. Um, now, on his end, I, it's a smart choice. I, I would have went there. Um, I don't have much concern about it. I think he made the right move, although playing in Boston is really, really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And he's automatically going to get the white guy because he's white, Larry Bird stuff. And he, he's clearly not Larry Bird. And Dave and I know that. And any sensible basketball mind knows that. But how do you feel about him picking it? And I, we kind of touched on this last time. I don't think they can beat Cleveland as they that they are. No. Um, but do you think he made the right decision by picking his old coach, Brad Stevens, in the Celtics? The more I went over it, the week leading up to his decision, no, I don't think he made the right decision. And I understand the decision. Look, it's the Celtics. They're one of the most storied franchises in any sport. You know, it's his college coach. I'm sure Danny Ainge made a great pitch. Boston's an insane sports town. You know what that's like. You're in Philly. Insane sports town. Very, very similar, yes. Yeah, you know, and he is, as you said, he is now the great white hope because, and this might not go down too well, but there is an underlying thing in Boston where they're a little bit racist. Oh, well, you're right. And, and they, they want a white guy being, yeah. you know, that's why they love Brady so much. Yep. It's, well, you, know, why you don't have to look any further to the 80s Lakers-Celtics yeah. big-time series. They hated Magic for one reason. Yeah. So That's it. But if I, go, if I go and I look at it now, and I look at, look at their starting five, now consider what Utah's starting five would have been with Ricky Rubio, Gordon Hayward, Rodney Hood, Derek Favors, and Rudy yeah. Gobert. I'm sorry. That's a hell of a five. But that Utah five is better than this Boston five, especially that Avery Bradley's been traded away. Yeah, the makeup. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's room. a really so, good point. And here's the other thing as well. It's not just you don't, Utah just don't have that five. They're deep as well. They've got really good bench players. And we all heard about the possibility before, you know, like the we've all heard about this potential trade of Carmelo Anthony to Cleveland because LeBron wants it and what that will involve is Kevin Love going to a third team because mm-hmm. New York don't want to take that contract back now if I said to you and maybe you think this is a bad idea but I, this came to me a couple of nights before the Hayward decision what if Utah got themselves involved and said well we'll send Derek Favors who earns about 13 million a year Alec Burks, who earns about 11 million a year, and a future first round pick to New York, we take Kevin Love, and Mello goes to Cleveland, and all of a sudden they're rolling out Rubio and Love, who've played together before and were brilliant in Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Gobert is the perfect five to play next to Love because Love doesn't have to worry about protecting Rebounding the, the ball. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be a big man. No. He can just stand on the perimeter and play his game. And in that system, coached by Quinn Snyder, I was looking at and just thinking, that makes sense for all three teams. Now, the issue is Love might not want to stay in Utah in two years when he comes up, but 
I kind of think he end, he would end up staying there because why wouldn't you? Because you're playing well, with Gobert exactly. and Hayward, who are both excellent. Rodney Hood is only going to get better. I think Very he's going player. to be fantastic. And I I love Ricky Rubio, and I've watched every game that guy's ever played in the NBA, and I think he's the most underrated player in the league. I, I will I will say this about Ricky Rubio. You know that I, I don't like him, but I watched a lot of him last year, and he has improved immensely. And I'm still I, – I can't wrap my, my, my mind around why the T-Wolves would get rid of him for a first-round pick and then replace him with Jeff Teague, who plays no defense. Because Ricky Rubio is a very good defensive player. Ricky's a great defensive player. He's the best – I, I believe the best passer in the league. He's a he's great leader. An exceptional passer. And I don't understand – I still don't understand – and that's your Wolves team. I, yeah. I don't get why. I, it makes no sense to me why you – like the Jamal Crawford, Crawford signing, I get. Like that's a – it's a short-term risk on short money for the mm. T-Wolves. He wasn't great last year, but he was kind of in a bad situation with the Chris Paul Clippers. And they were that, – that chemistry was just they were awful. Toxic. Yeah, it was awful. But Jamal Crawford is a known commodity. Now, mm. if he has something left in this tank – it's a great signing for the Timberwolves, but the Rubio thing—they I, I, were so quick to dismiss him, and I, and I don't quite understand. The he brings a lot defensively. Yeah, and and like you say, he's he's incredible with the ball in his hands. Oh, absolutely! He's a great orchestrator. The the only thing is, in the half court offense, he does struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing, I, as you know, I had a bit of a meltdown on on the night free agency opened when. We traded Ricky, and all of a sudden we landed Jeff Teague. But as I, the more I look at it, and the more I speak to other other Timberwolves fans, and even to a few Bulls fans who who watched the Bulls uh, both under Tibbs and then after Tibbs when Butler became more of the predominant ball handler, is that that's just basically what the plan is: that Butler is going to be the guy who has the ball in his hands, and they're looking for Teague to play maybe a little bit more as a slasher or a spot-up shooter. Now, he's got much better shooting numbers than Rubio, but that's not hard. Um, the one thing he does really well, and I do mean really well, is he runs the pick-and-roll brilliantly. Yeah, he did it for years with Dwight Howard in Atlanta. Yeah, he was and fantastic I, at it. We could see him running a lot of pick-and-roll with Taj Gibson, with Carl Anthony Towns, some pick-and-pop with Towns. Mm-hmm. Um, he could run pick-and-roll with Butler, and with Wiggins, so I, I think it's more a fit thing. I think everybody who's ever really seen Rubio play um, will accept that it's a step down in terms of the quality of player. But maybe, just maybe, the fit is is what Thibodeau is looking for. Um, well, I mean that that makes sense because that's that's how you put a team together. Yeah, I think a lot of times people have misconceptions is put a put an all star team together and that's your starting five. Well, it, exactly. There's a lot of egos in, in professional sports, and it usually never works out that way. And so that's why you know the whole banana boat thing of oh well, at some point CP3, Wade, LeBron, and Melo are all going to play together. Great, I hope they do. They won't win anything. They won't win they shit. They won't win anything no. because they they just they don't complement each other at all. Like no, the, no, the God. Wade and LeBron ne- was never really perfect in, in Miami. Um, Mello, okay, Mello might just become Olympic Mello and just go and stand out and shoot three-pointers and pass and do 
what he does in the Olympics. But if he if he comes in as Nuggets or Nick Smallow, well, that's an awful fit as well. Oh, it's terrible. And He's a ball hog who shoots too many times. Exactly. And I, I, I don't know that Chris Paul, James Harden is going to work. I'm skeptical too, to be and honest with you. It's not going to work. There's no way it'll work with LeBron. So, I, I don't know. Like, I just the only thing I can think with the Wolves is Thibodeau has looked at it. And look, clearly we had that Jeff Teague deal in the bag. Yeah, because it happened so quickly. Literally, I think four minutes after it was literally the <laughs> yeah. first deal of free agency was Jeff Teague to Minnesota. Yeah. And um, oh, look, oh, I've made my peace with it. I'm, I'm happy. Happier with the signings of Crawford and Taj Gibson, I think, is a great signing. Um, and yeah. we've, been, we've been smart. We've, they've only got two-year contracts. Teague is a three-year, but the, 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 the third year is a team option. Um, two That's years, a big thing. People, you know, do, people, who, people who don't – we talked about it before, but I know that we do have new listeners to this pod because I have been getting DMs, which is a good thing. Um, salary cap in sports is very, very hard to maneuver. Mm. So that's what Dave's talking about when he says it's a team option on the third year, which could make the, a difference of wh- whatever he's making. It's probably upwards ten, eleven, twelve million dollars. That could kill a team in the cap. Yeah. When you have to pay guys, Carl Anthony Towns is a stud. He's going to get a max contract. There's no so is Wiggins debating it. Wiggins will too, and I lo- and I Wiggins like Wiggins. Gets his. Wiggins is up for his. It's quicker. Really yeah. soon, like in the next month or so, that window's going to open where we can sign Wiggins. This was the only summer yeah. we could do this. That's right. So we get Wiggins this summer um, because his free agency is next summer. Then we get Towns next summer because his would be the following year. And then in that third summer, so two summers from now, Butler becomes a free agent. So if we want to re-sign him, we've got to do that. So we're going to need all these other guys off the books. So... Thibodeau, I, I would imagine Scott Layden is is the key to a lot of this yeah. um, trickery that's going on uh, because you know he was with the Spurs, so he's been well educated in in uh, salary cap gymnastics. But I think I think we've done reasonably to really well. Like Butler's obviously a massive impact; he's a stud. I think um, Gibson and Teague will do will do well. Uh, Crawford, if he as like you said, if he's anything left, uh, he'll be really fun. The one I'm a little bit gutted about is, is CJ Miles. I was really hoping we'd land him. That was um, a good trade. That was a really good trade yeah. by Toronto. I, I think I just don't. We, I, we should have just given up that first round pick, sent it to Indiana, along with Cole Aldridge. We would have opened up the space to sign him. And I think if we'd added him, you know, he's a really good three and D wing. He oh, big time! Fit. And he's an established three and D wing, which yeah. is it, it, in today's NBA. That's a gold mine. You know, it's not, again, it's a different league. And I guess I give credit to Toronto, but I just think they're in an uphill battle. And you re-signed Kyle Lowry for three years, $100 million, which just is just an awful contract. But I guess you had to do it because if you don't, there's nobody else out there who's coming and you've already locked in your other players, Ibaka, DeMar DeRozan. So I guess they're keeping their core together, which I, I, I do respect that. But, um, they're One not, thing they're be- not winning a ring. They're not winning anything. No, they're going to win the hearts of Toronto fans, and that's about it. You know, and that's great. Um, it is. It's just, nice for them. You know, there was a lot of talk that Larry was leaning heavily towards towards leaving, and the Wolves were rumored to be one of the teams. And the same with Millsap, the Wolves were rumored to be his preferred destination. Now we obviously didn't get either of those, and a lot of that comes down to the cap. 
but I think it does just go to show what having an established star like Jimmy Butler and a star coach like Thibodeau can do because let's be honest Joey nobody's ever wanted to go to Minnesota before no and no 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 you're absolutely right it's not a Jeff destination Teagan, Jeff Teagan and Taj Gibson are the two biggest free agent names we've ever signed Butler's yeah. the biggest player we've ever traded for so well you and I both know that if I'm telling you right now if Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins stay there mm. and and they're willing to sign long-term contracts that destination thing will change oh it, yeah for sure I mean, it'll change Antonio exactly wanted to go to San Antonio even when David Robertson was Robinson was there no uh, no there was all, that's all drafting team. yeah exactly um, yeah it was all drafting they dra- they tanked and they got Duncan um Although Boston tanked even worse, but couldn't get them, <laughs> which makes me laugh. Because that was the Rick Pitino year, wasn't it? That's ex- yes, it was, and I'm still going to bring that up because I'm a Boston hater. But before we move to summer league, real quick, um, I know we don't want to go too long tonight, and we may have to leave our Allen Iverson discussion for the next pod. But I'd rather leave summer league. <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. We'll, all right, we'll leave summer league. That's fine, no problem. But it, let people know what summer league is. It's basically all the rookies and young players playing throughout summer. Um, it really doesn't mean a lot. I just wanted to talk about my guy, Markel Fultz. Before he sprained his ankle, he wouldn't be a sixer without hurting he himself. He was looking but really good. He was, and he was looking good. Jason Tatum's looked good, but Dennis as we Smith know, looked really good. He's but you still, know who didn't still look good? looking good. You know who Lonzo didn't Ball. Look good? Lonzo Ball. No, he Boy, didn't look he good. He can't shoot. He can't shoot for no. shit. So. So that's our basically our um, summer league talk. So the one thing before we get to Allen Iverson, because Dave and I are gigantic fans, I just wanted to get your opinion, again, because the two teams I heard they hate the most are the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks. This one's for you, Justin Wells. I know you're going to listen. Why on earth would you give $71 million to Tim Hardaway Jr.? You know, the best part of this whole thing is he's come out today and said, in my meeting with the Knicks, they said, obviously, you need to get better in offense and obviously you need to get better in defense. <laughs> so they basically told him, you're not very good, but we're going, here's $71 million to join us anyway. Um, yeah, it's and remember, Dave, he was already their player, and they got rid of him for basically nothing yeah, a few years ago. They traded Absolutely him for nothing. Scrub, um, who then they traded for Derek Rose who they've now had to uh, release from, you know, they had a hold on his ca- on his uh, contract. Yes. Because, you know, he went into free agency and they had his bird rights. They've had to renounce him just to sign back Tim Hardaway, who, look, Tim Hardaway is, is an okay player, and if you were getting him in for 10 to 12 million a year as a backup wing, you'd be quite happy with that. Sure. But this is 71 million over four years, and... If you remember last year, Atlanta committed about the same kind of money to Kent Bazemore, yeah. who again is a backup wing on a good team. So <laughs> they couldn't. I mean, they they couldn't uh, go ahead and match this because it would have just been suicidal. oh god no thirty five no, million a year stupid. to those two guys. Um, here's the thing, though, right? Tim Hardaway Jr. has had one good season in the NBA. Would you agree? Like one decent yeah. season. Yeah. One decent season. I wouldn't Not even call even a it a good season. Cause, no. Decent. Like, That's, what a bad Hawks team. And his dad, so new, newer listeners might not know, his dad is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Tim Hardaway Sr. is one of the greatest point guards in the history of the game. This contract will earn uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. more money over these four years than his dad made in his entire career. 
which just show, goes to show how out of control the money is in the NBA right now. Yeah, let that sink in, folks. It's well, it's it's absurd. So but my question to you is right. Tim Hardaway Jr. is 25 years of age. Yeah, he's, he's had one decent season. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that used to play for your 76ers <laughs> who looked really really good in his rookie year. Has kind of drifted over the last couple of years, but had a really good four months at the end of last season with the Brooklyn Nets and is now a free agent and that's KJ McDaniels yes I know that's who you're talking about so I'm looking at him for the Wolves and thinking isn't this guy just the perfect project to bring in and let develop behind Butler I'll say this he when he played here I would that's I, I have season t- or used to have season tickets to the Sixers and, and the Eagles, which I'm, I'm pretty sure Dave knows, which is our local NFL team. If uh, listeners don't know what the NFL is, um, it's football. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad fit. It can't be horrible. He will run the floor. He's athletic as all hell. Now, he, he can't shoot, but he can't it doesn't shoot. mean he can't play. It doesn't mean he can't be taught how to shoot because his shot well, is broken. It's just it's not broken, but he's, not he's there. No, it's not there right now. Now, the thing that you guys have working for you is you have a fantastic coach. But the, that fantastic coach also fits that player because that player actually plays defense, mm. which a lot of guys in the NBA can't actually say. So, yeah, I think it would be a fine fit. Now, what is he going to ask for? I don't know. That's the thing what because these he guys – for? It can't be much. I, I can't – Guys who are kind of similar to him. So look at um – Who's that guy who was with Sacramento, signed from Memphis? Ben McLemore. Ben McLemore, yeah. He got, I think, two years, seven million or something like that. So three and a half million a year. Can Unfulfilled Kate, potential. Can yeah. he could probably Daniels really ask for any more than, say, three or four million a year? I wouldn't think so. He doesn't even have the credentials that Ben McLemore no, does. No, Ben McLemore which was is second pick in the draft. This guy was a second round yep. pick. Yeah. And this will no, be his fourth team. Yeah, he's bounced around a lot. Well, that that's the thing that scares me about guys like that, though. If you're bouncing around from team to team, there's usually a reason mm. why you're doing that. It's like a guy on the Sixers, Timothée Luau-Cabarro. Looks like a player, acts like a player, but when I see him up close, he looks like a guy who's more interested in his appearance than improving. When I'm watching summer league games... I'm going, this guy, he's not improving. Although he's got the talent. It's all there. There's so many players, and that's every sport, but there's so many NBA players who have the talent and just don't have it between the ears, and they end up failing miserably. Yeah. I hope KJ, Daniel, KJ Daniels is not one of those guys, but if you're looking for him for your Wolves team, there's little – I mean, there, it's high upside. There's no downside, no downside to it. No downside on it, you know? Zero. There's zero downside on and, him and coming in and learning from a really if, good coach. If we got him for three years, $10 million, I would laugh even more about what the Knicks have just done. Well, the Knicks, again, it's just absurd. It's stupid. And again, I, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm just kidding with Justin. He knows I am. But you can't sit there and tell me with a straight face that they actually know what they're doing right now. No. Because they don't. They have no clue. So, all right, let's get on to our final topic, which, again, I alluded to earlier. Mr. Hendrick and I are massive Allen Iverson fans, and I wanted to just discuss. Now, I, Allen Iverson was drafted in a 1996 draft, if my memory serves, memory serves correctly, and I believe it does because he was drafted to my Philadelphia 76ers. He legitimately took one of the worst basketball teams ever to the finals 
and lost to a fa- one of the all-time, in my opinion, great Lakers team that had Kobe and Shaq on it. And they actually won a game, which was surprising. But that team was garbage. He, it was Allen Iverson and four pieces of garbage around him. And and and, and, and to give credit to Larry Brown, a fantastic an all, coach. Yeah, an all-time great coach. In fact. All-time great coach. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, but Allen Iverson is about 5'10". 160 pounds maybe and maybe maybe 160 pounds. maybe and i i went to his first game i went to many of his games but one of his famous games is when he crossed up michael jordan i was at the arena that was one of the greatest things i've ever seen dave i'm sure you know what i'm talking about yeah. um it's a famous nba clip if anybody want to ever ever look it up he has his afro and the thing with alan iverson is it's as great as a basketball player as he was he did so much for the tiny frame that he had. Allen Iverson brought in a different culture to the NBA and made being from bad neighborhoods cool. Yeah. Like, he brought that swagger to the NBA. And I just want to hear what you have to say about Allen Iverson, because he's my all-time favorite player, and that's saying a lot, because there's a lot of guys that I like. Well, what I what I always did the, the comparison I draw is back to when Magic and Bird came into the league, and you know after the merger of with the ABA and the the knock on the NBA, what it was that it was too black, mm-hmm. and that a lot of these guys who came from bad neighborhoods were acting too black, and that it was the, you know the the cultural impact on the league was to make it a ghetto. And people didn't like that. And, you know, through the 70s, even into the early 80s, the NBA Finals weren't even shown live. They were shown on tape delay. And then Magic and Bird exploded. And the league became more, you know, family-friendly because Bird was the great white hope that brought back a lot of the white guys. Magic is just this incredibly charismatic guy who's always got a smile, speaks very well, and, you know... To be polite is the whitest black guy ever. You know? He was, he was, and it, and that's not a Dave, knock on Magic, and I'm not saying any of his. I was, that's just. I was just going to say, yeah, you're not making fun of him. That's no. exactly who he is. Magic yeah. is one of my favorite players of all time. Magic yeah. is incredible. When Iverson came in, though, Iverson sort of reversed that trend, and he made it cool to be black again. And he, he did. Made, he made it okay to wear baggy clothes, to do your hair in cornrows. And yeah. we saw that sort of, because you have to remember, prior to that, the league was dominated by Jordan. And the Magic Bird Jordan era of the NBA was about the suit, the presentation, how you speak, and everything been a business. And Alan brought it back to the playground. And... There's a whole generation of basketball players, including some that were drafted at his year and the year before, like Kevin Garnett. Oh, who, yeah. Who looked at him and thought, well, that's who we are. That's Why are we trying to be something we're not? And, you know, every small point guard who's come along since AI should send him, you know, royalties every month. Guys like Ty Lawson, they're only in oh, the yeah. because of AI. The only reason. Um, you know, th- this guy... Like, I cannot abide Stephen A. Smith. I think he's awful. But now, I, I, I'll, I'll, real quick, I will say this. He is awful, but there was a time 
before he was a headpiece and an idiot talking on TV. When he was TV. a real reporter in Philadelphia yes. Yes. covering yes. AI. And when he speaks on AI right Very now, good, I will drop everything to listen because that yep. guy knows what he's talking about. And when he speaks about AI, it's real. It's not the bluster and the made-for-TV nonsense. It's real. And when he, and he will defend Alan Iverson to the very end. Oh, yeah. and No question. You know, like, the, one of the things he said that kind of made me stop and think, yeah, it was the same for me, is the most fun he said he ever had covering the NBA was watching the show that Alan Iverson put on. And I've said a number of times, Alan Iverson is the most entertaining and exciting player I've ever seen play basketball. And people can name Michael Jordan and all those guys. I saw them too. But the show this guy put on every single night with minimal assistance from his teammates, Mm -hmm. the beatings he took, like even Shaq has said, like when a small guy came into the lane the first time I hit him and he didn't come back. He said, except for Allen Iverson, who just came back and came back and came back. And when and, you hear his peers yeah. and that talk about Alan Iverson, every one of them speaks about him as if they're speaking about Jordan, Bird, or Magic. And that, and that's the thing. It's This is a guy, we already talked about how small he was. He was fearless. And people who've never played basketball, they maybe won't understand, but... And, obviously you and I have never played in the NBA. You see these guys move at the speed they move at. And a guy who's looks like he belongs in middle school runs into a man who is triple his size. It's really hard to fathom how he just did it for all those years. And again, it's on the basketball court. Nobody had a bigger competitive streak. Maybe you could say Michael Jordan possibly, but the impact like LeBron James is what six nine two eighty? He's a yeah. massive guy, right? Yeah, he's a power forward. He's a power forward, and he's and what is he covered in, Dave? Tattoos, Tattoos from neck to fucking feet. Yeah. But here's the funny thing about LeBron James: he could be a pitch man for anybody, any company in America and around the world. You know why that is? Allen Iverson. That's exactly right. Because Allen Iverson made it okay for these guys to be who they really wanted to be. Yeah. If you ask any of these guys who came up after him, they'll tell you. I believe actually LeBron James said recently he called Allen Iverson God. Yeah, he said he. I think he said he was the best pound for pound player he'd ever seen. And I would agree with that. And I, I've just. Okay. You know the guy. The guy who stylistically is probably the closest to AI is Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Small point guard, ball dominant, big time scorer, a proper leader, made everybody better. Isaiah Thomas speaks about AI in awe, in awe of what that guy could do. Yeah, and that's I mean Isaiah, he brought... who doesn't have much nice things to say about many people. Not really, because he holds, <laughs> because because his view on it is unless you're better than I was, why am I going to give you props? Exactly. But the way he talks about AI, I believe, means he thinks AI was a better player than he was, and Isaiah is a top 10 player ever maybe Isaiah was incredible yeah well, Isaiah, he was fantastic I was actually going to ask you that question would you put Allen Iverson in your all time top 10 you know the day he retired I said on Twitter 
he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, there's no question. And I got awful abuse from a couple of people. And I made sure I saved their tweets. And when he got, Yikes, when that's he, horrendous. <laughs> when he became first ballot a year early, I might add, they changed yes. the rules to let this guy in. That's how much of an impact and how good he was. Uh, I made sure I went back and let them know they're idiots. Um, <laughs> would I have him in my top 10? No. But I would say he's definitely in my top 20. Okay. And, um, and he's he, probably top 15. Okay. The only no, I, I issue think I have fair. is that... Is it the not winning anything? No, not even that. But we saw it's the longevity. Because AI was kind of done in his last year in Denver. And I know that's oh, 11 yeah. years. And I know 11 years is an awful long time. But, you know, I even think Jordan and Bird had short careers. Yeah, Jordan for reasons that he, you know, he stepped out and and Bird, Bird for injuries. For injuries. But. And AI, like, I mean, that's what slowed AI down. That's yeah. not... That's not being well, remember, this is a guy that never took care of his body. No. Never lifted weights, hated to practice. <laughs> I, mean, it, it, I mean, made it known he has to practice all-time if, rant if ever. If you've never seen the <laughs> Allen Iverson press conference... Just go on YouTube and type in Alan Iverson practice and you'll laugh your ass off for whatever, 12 minutes. It's um, hysterical. But yeah, I mean, the guy didn't care about any of that. He just turned up and played. And, you know, he, like you look at Westbrook and Westbrook is trying his best now to do an impression of AI, but he's yeah, not he nearly is. as talented. If AI had Westbrook's body, he oh my God. Won four or five titles you know oh i think so too yeah i mean this is a guy who was an mvp 11 time all-star uh, I, I he's he's a great player champion three times steals leader yeah and that's what i think a lot of people just don't see see i i and, and i know you said top 20 possibly top 15 i put him in my top 10 and the and the only reason i do and maybe it's philadelphia bias which i i'll take on the chin but because of how small he was. Yeah. Because he could do the things he do he did at that kind of size. Like the one thing you can't control is how you're born. You can't control that you're, you're he's 5'11". Like I'm 6'2". Uh, Dave, I'm, I don't know how tall you are, but that's stuff that we can't control. Like you could, I could work as hard as I want to, and I'll never be an NBA player. Mm. So you have that God-given ability, but... This is a man, again, who looked like a little kid yeah. among boys and just made the game, from the minute he was a rookie, stepped on that court, made the game look easy. There's a picture of Alan Iverson and Shaq standing together at the Hall of Fame when both of them were inducted. Um, if people want to see what we're talking about, go and look up that picture. Now, obviously, Shaq is a freak. He's seven foot one and he's about 350. But just look at how small Alan Iverson looks in that picture. Now imagine them competing against each other in the same sport, and you kind of get the idea of what we're talking about. Look, I'll, I there is a good argument for AI being being top ten. There definitely is. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, he he had the size of a point guard, but he was a, he was a shooting guard. Yes, um, no question. You know, you're prob you're probably really he wasn't even a great shooter. No, he wasn't a great no, shooter. But you know, if if it was now. I'm oh, sure yeah. he would have he would have evolved that way as well. Um, like a guy like Steph Curry owes a whole bunch to to AI. Do you know? Oh, he owes his whole goddamn career to that, it. That, because that score for he wouldn't have, guard. 
Yeah, he wouldn't even have been drafted. He would have been an afterthought. Yeah. So, like, if you look at if you look at AI as a point guard, I mean, Magic, Isaiah, Oscar. I mean, that's probably it. They're probably the three point guards better than AI. Yeah, I would and not disagree at, with if that. You look at them as a shooting guards. Michael, Kobe, maybe Jerry West. I'd have them above Dwayne Wade. I would too, and um, I love Dwayne Wade. And I, yeah, I, I love Dwayne as well, but I, I would have AI over Dwayne Wade. So either way, whichever one you put him at, for me, he's top four in either position. Yeah. And I don't know if there's another player in the history of the NBA that you could say is top four in two positions. No. I, off the no. top of my head, maybe, no, I can't. Maybe I can't. Larry Bird, you could say he was a great power forward, but he was never really a true power forward. I would say Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is possibly the one now, but even center power forward. But you, yeah, you're right. He was still more plays of, a lot of small forward. Yeah, um, just a, a phys- he was just Kevin he was another Garnett, freak. Kevin, no, actually, there is there might be one in Tim Duncan because oh, yeah, he's probably yeah. the greatest power, power, forward. power forward ever. And in terms of centers, you've well, you've got Wilt, Bill, Kareem, Shaq. He's probably it's hard. Hakeem. He's probably the sixth best center ever. So. You know, it, it's it's very hard to be great in two positions, and he was yeah. legitimately great in two positions. But no, no superstar in the history of the NBA has ever been as poorly protected by number one officials. Like if Michael Jordan, well, Michael Jordan did get fouled like this back in the eighties. Oh yeah, and they changed the rules. They did. They've changed yeah. the rules now. Like if AI played now, he'd average forty-five. Because yeah, remember now, don't allow any of that contact that he had to put up with. But the, when the no Jordan hand rules, checking, yeah. none of that. That's all gone. You know, back in the eighties, there was the Jordan rules, and it was only really one team, the Pistons, who kind of involved right. them. But they yeah. changed the rules because Michael was their biggest star. I exactly. don't know that they ever wanted AI. Like I don't think David Stern ever wanted AI to be the biggest oh, star. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think he hated them. You know. Um, well, remember, he brought the hip-hop culture into yeah. it as well. And again, it's like we talked about earlier. It's We don't want to make the NBA too black because it's going to turn off our white listeners. Exactly. Well, you know, 90 per, 95, 98% of your league is African-American. African-American. Now, you could so, argue that AI was never, at any point in his career, the guy in the NBA. But no, no, because, he wasn't. Because, you know, right. it was Jordan, then it Kobe. was Shaq, Kobe, then LeBron arrived. So, yeah. But he was always top three for the whole run, pretty much from his second year on to probably that second year in Denver. He was probably top three, top five. And, you know, but he, he never got the help from the officials. But the bigger disappointment is he never got the help from his front office. No, and that, like, no that used to bother us ever let a player down that badly. Look at the crap you surrounded him with. Oh, George Lynch, Tyrone Hill, uh, an old Dikembe like Eric, Mutombo. Eric Snow's probably Snow. in the top five players he played with there. And Eric just Snow. so everybody knows this, he's fucking awful. Like a, a legit Snow at terrible the moment player. would be a third string point guard in the NBA. He was the starting yeah. point guard for that yes. team that AI got to the finals. Like you said, Dikembe is probably the greatest player he played with in Philadelphia, but he was well past his best. Um, way, way past it. Yeah, but remember, he, he had Larry Ratliff. Hughes... Theo Ratliff, Larry Hughes, Jerry Stackhouse, um, all guys who 
had trouble playing with AI, but ended up not having great NBA careers anyway. Yeah. Um, long careers, but Jerry not Sack great careers. One of the many next Michael Jordans. Yeah, uh, every, I guess every uh, shooting guard who goes to North Carolina, um, if nobody knows, Michael Jordan went to the University of North Carolina, um, who I hate. I'm a Duke fan, but um, I do love Michael. My, uh, my wife is actually a big Michael Jordan fan, which pisses me off, but whatever. Um, all right, you know, well, the, the, the thing is, though, we mentioned earlier how Boston tanked heavily for Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. Remember who had the second pick that year? Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, we did. And you took Keith Van Horn and you traded Oh, uh, yep. But... For Tim Thomas. Imagine, yeah, for Tim fucking Thomas. Like. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you had either gotten the number one pick and got Tim Duncan. Or number three. <laughs> or number three, who was Chauncey Billups. Yeah, Chauncey and AI would have been something special. Remember who went nine in that draft? Tracy uh, McGrady. Grady, yeah. If you'd been willing to take a gamble, you could have taken Tracy McGrady. Like, Van Horn was was probably the obvious pick because he was coming out of Utah. He had, had a really good uh, college career. He was very highly rated. And, and to be fair, he went on and had a pretty decent career until his injuries kind of ruined him. But, I mean, if you guys could have landed Tim Duncan... I, I'm also I'm always hesitant about drafting white guys, and again, it's not yeah. a racial thing. No, it is. White, no, guys, no, white guys in the NBA, are the if they're not gamble going. Yes, if they're not foreign, you're yeah. asking for trouble. Jim or Fredette, I could go on and on and on. Um, like even the remember, guy like JJ Redick took him about yeah. four years to find his place in the NBA, and that's the key. He, you know, we knew he could shoot. But he was never going to be look at, a breakdown scorer. Look at give Chicago the when they traded two picks to take Doug McDermott, and teams just decided, "Oh, look, a yeah. white guy, he can't play defense. Let's just yeah. make fun of him." And, and they would literally target him on a basketball court until they took him out. Know, so, like, you guys. It's why Larry Bird was so good. Exactly, and I mean that's look at look. Kevin Love is a great player, but he can't play against certain teams because he can't play that's defense. Right. Gordon Hayward run. is probably the only American white two-way guy in the league. And he's not a and great I, defender, but he's a good I one. was just going to say, I, I actually think he's a good player, but I don't think he's anything special. I just think he was the next hot guy on the NBA uh, you know, trade or free agency thing. He's a good player, but let's not get carried away. It's Gordon fucking Hayward. Yeah, he's not going like, to. He's not closing the gap. For Boston, I don't know that the gap has actually closed now because although he's a better offensive player than Avery Bradley, he's an awful lot worse defensively than Avery. Now he, like I said, he's no pretty question. good def- defensively, but Avery's great. Yeah, and legitimately great. Having if 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 they go and their backcourt, which it looks like it could be, is Isaiah Thomas and Gordon Hayward, well. My friends, Cleveland are going to embarrass them because Kyrie will make an absolute show of Isaiah. Um, yeah. Steph Curry, all the top point guards will lick their lips at the chance of playing against Isaiah Thomas. And that's why you don't give Isaiah Thomas yeah. next year that's a match why they deal. That's traded the him. reason. I that's agree. That's why it, they should have traded If they had offered... Indiana. Kept that number one pick and took faults. Yeah, it, that's I don't understand. And I mean, they, they could have hey, offered Why didn't they offer Indiana Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, 
and that pick from next year from Brooklyn. Because look, because Brooklyn I think are, they're I think they're scared to death that he won't resign there and that he has his heart set on going to LA. You should have offered it for Jimmy Butler. The I, I, that's the one that I think that they screwed up. And you, you know, know I'm a big Bill Simmons hater, but I have been listening to his podcast, um, and I've start to come around that. He is a he's obviously a Boston fan. He doesn't hide it. Oh, he's he's a complete but Boston homer. Like. He is, but he he I give the guy credit because he will come out and say this is all Boston perspective. But he is a smart guy when it comes to the NBA. He knows his shit, so yeah. he definitely does. But I agree with you. I don't. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, you're not going to pay him that kind of money. You'd and be you foolish do, to. If Danny Ainge pays him that type of money. Danny Ainge should be immediately removed. Yeah. Put in a home for the bewildered because you cannot win in this league. And I know the league has gotten smaller in terms of the players, but you're not winning with a 5'9 point guard who's not a very good passer and cannot play anything resembling defense. And whatever journalist gave him a vote on the all defense thing should have his credentials removed because that's yeah. the most ridiculous vote that's ever been handed out it's it's ever. appalling and and remember they just drafted a guy in jason tatum who can't play defense at all either and mm. never will he could score yeah but he's, but he's not gonna like carmelo uh that's Jabari right parker kind of school of really really exciting offensively can't play defense and they um, sort of don't fit in this league anymore and that's the issue yeah. is that, the league is not ISO break it down. Take there's two. He won't do that. Isaiah Thomas will. But I digress. So, all right, why don't we stop here? Again, Dave and I are going to try to do this weekly. We'll we'll We're see how it goes. We're in negotiation. We'll just say that. That's a good way it's of putting it. It's the second it. biggest negotiation of the year after yes. the Mayweather um, McGregor fight. But this this, That's, this may be tougher to put together. Yes, we're trying. We're trying to get these shows as because it probably will. So, do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Anything no, else about the NBA? Just that um, I think Danny Ainge has done a particularly poor job. Yeah, um, me too. And the more I look at his tenure, I'm not sure he's done much of anything that's good since about '08. Because mm-hmm. the the trade that got them these three picks, I think that's just Billy King being stupid. Yep, um, and that's what the, the Rondo I, trade was a good trade. They got a pick and they got Jay Crowder. That was great. But yes. aside from that, like how many they've turned down so many opportunities to trade for really really good players. They could have got Boogie. They could have got Jimmy Brad, uh, Jimmy Butler a year a year ago mm-hmm. if they'd been willing to give up. Now, what if they actually got out of this trade? And that's J- the thing. Jalen Brown, maybe he becomes a good player in two three years. See, I don't, and that's that's the thing. Mine was always Tatum? my knock on him, is that he doesn't draft well. No. I don't think Jay, I don't think Jalen Brown's going to be a player at all. I just, I don't. I, I look at him and I see an, athletic, an athletic kid. He's an athlete, and but he's not a basketball player. And you know what? That's fine. Maybe he has but, finds his niche somewhere else. But you know he's the, not what they're looking for. No, and remember, is, this though, is a salary cap league. Exactly. You got to eventually replace. That's it. How, how are they capped? How could they not afford to sign Gordon Hayward without getting rid of Bradley? How has he done his salary cap that poorly? And that well, the Al Horford contract is, is appalling. Who's it's a, an awful contract. 
third or fourth best option on a championship level team. Um, at best, yeah. I, I, I don't like the job Ainge has done at all. Um, like, like I said, they got Brown, they got Tatum in, again, two or three years, maybe he becomes a player. That mm-hmm. pick that they got from, from Brooklyn for next year, that could be the seventh pick now. Because Brooklyn yeah. are going to be better, and a lot are. of teams are tanking. Oh, gosh, the other, yeah. The, the, the other Knicks, thing uh, everybody is. That trade with you guys, like, fair enough, if that Lakers pick isn't in the two to five range, um, you guys keep it. So they, they might get nothing out of it next year, then the following year they get the Kings unprotected pick. But that mm-hmm. Kings pick could be a mid mid round pick. It might even be a lottery it, it, pick. Yeah, because look what they're doing. They, I mean, they've added some talent on that team. So you'd think at best and they've got a real coach now. Yeah, so you, at best maybe they're an eight seed or below. But that's not going to get you a top three pick in the NBA. Exactly, it's a lottery. So, so I don't, I don't like what Ainge has done, and I think there'd be a lot more pressure on him if he wasn't Danny Ainge. Um, yeah. And I just, I just think he's had a really bad summer. Now, look, signing Hayward is good. If Hayward is the second or third best player on your team, I think that's fine. Um, sure. Like, I think if Al Horford is the third or fourth best player on your team, that's fine. But you, they don't have a guy. They don't have a number one guy. Um, it's not Isaiah Thomas. It's never going to be Isaiah Thomas. Now, I don't know if it would have been Jimmy Butler, but I think if you at least had Butler, Hayward... And Horford, and then you'd taken Markel Fultz. Fultz could develop into that number one guy. Yeah, and I think all so. All of a sudden, too. you've really got something to run with. I don't yep. know. I don't. I just think he's done really badly. And like you say, he's, and, ne- he's never drafted. Yeah. And you have a guy who's controlled for years because he's a rookie and he's under a rookie scale. So that's that's the key to all this. It's it's again, it's salary cap. Exactly. You have to hit the. You I have don't to even think the they took the best player available at number three. I think I think Josh Jackson. Was and that's the pick. well, you know why they didn't. Real quick, they didn't take him because they didn't. Uh, Josh Jackson wouldn't work out for them. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, but take him anyway. Yeah, no, I know, but uh, you know, Danny, those NBA office guys are, especially Danny Ainge. He's a notorious prick. But mm. before we go, I know Dave, you just wrote an article which I read and I loved. Um, so I'll let you plug that. Go right ahead. Oh, I wrote my my yearly ramble. So I've decided. Um, <laughs> Well, I didn't really decide. Uh, I, I realized I hadn't written anything for the website in about, a, in about a year, so I thought, oh, I'll throw some words down, see what it comes out as, and three hours later I had 3,800 words. So uh, as anyone who's ever listened to me podcast knows, I, I can't say anything in, uh, in short order. So it's 3,800 words. It is long. If you don't want to read it, Trev Downey did a, a AI Audible version of it. I think it's 21 minutes long. But it's in Trev's voice, so it's lovely. Uh, so have a have a listen to that, have a read of that, and uh, there's some other really good. Joseph Cousins wrote a really good article for the website as well. I think that came out today or yesterday. Yeah, it was fantastic too. You know, so and um, in big AI news, this coming well next week, the first ever Anfield Index podcast hosted by Trevor Downey, the new host of the AI podcast. That is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll be on it in a few weeks uh, for a, cool. bit of, a bit of a Navin reunion, but um, yeah, having Trev on board is huge because he's—I think he's the best host of any Liverpool podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love his voice. He's a great guy on Twitter. He seems like a hell of a nice guy. 
Um, looking forward to the main podcast, and I, I will give it up to Marco and Kay because um, both really good guys. I could listen to those guys talk about paint all day because their voices are fantastic. Yeah. But for um, for me, for Dave, uh, this is episode two of NBA NBA Holes, and I just want to leave with trust the process. <laughs> for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place with linkedin you can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.